You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Welcome, Spot On listeners. Oh, boy, I can't wait to talk about acne and zits because let me tell you, I have had it with them. You know, I I read that while it occurs mostly in folks in 15 to 17 years of age, this is the part that made me sad. It's estimated that 50% of adults older than 25 years of age experience acne. And I, I don't think this is right. I think something's wrong here, and I'm going to have a write a letter, Mother Nature, because I don't think Mother Nature should give you wrinkles as you get older and give you acne at the same time. I think it should be one or the other, and it shouldn't be together. So I brought in um, a, a guru in the dermatology department, Dr. Uh, Patricia Farris, and she's a clinical associate professor at Tulane University School of Medicine and in private practice in dermatology in Louisiana. She's a leader in her field and serves as a member of the board of directors for the American Academy of Dermatology. Her best-selling consumer book called The Sugar Detox explores the relationship between sugar, nutrition, and aging. But we actually did an episode uh, called Beauty from Within and how your diet can be anti-aging or aging. So she has been a media expert for the American Academy of Dermatology, conducting interviews on a variety of subjects about dermatology and skin care. She appears monthly on the morning show in New Orleans, which is the CBS affiliate. So I brought her back because when I read this information about acne, I said, I can't stand this anymore. Okay, so before we get to bring my guest on and get to the bottom of this whole issue with acne, let's go to the streets and let's find out if people think that their diet actually affects their skin. My skin cleared up a lot when I stopped eating dairy. Also, when I eat a lot of excess sugar, I tend to break out a lot. I find that when I eat greasier foods or unhealthier foods, I tend to break out a lot. My biggest issue with my skin is being dry. So even more so than food, just staying hydrated. Eating a lot of refined sugars always makes my acne worse. Around the same time I did Accutane, I became a vegetarian and the combination of the two i saw a giant improvement in my skin so when i went vegan that jump made my skin probably the best it had ever been and i've had rashes from like eating too much soy before i don't eat dairy or any of that so when i eat a primarily plant-based diet my skin improves significantly and it's clear I want to welcome Dr. Patty Paris to Spot On. Well, thanks for having me. Well, thank- Always so much fun to chat with you. I know. I love having you in. I'm, I'm, I've had it with this, Dr. Patty. I've had it with this. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand it anymore. So first of all, I read something that I wasn't aware, and of course you know this, but acne is an inflammatory skin disease. That's what I was reading. So can you explain this? I, I absolutely will explain that. 
Well, first of all, the thing that you said in your opening, you're tired of the pimples and the wrinkles. That is what I hear all day long. So you're 100% correct. 30 to 40% of adults, especially females, suffer with acne. And it is a big subset of the patients that we're now treating. The reason, we, we, first of all, a dermatologist will categorize acne as either non-inflammatory acne, which means basically blackheads, or inflammatory acne, the pimples, the pustules, the cysts. Adult females and males suffer more with inflammatory acne. With that being said, all acne has inflammation in it. We used to think that, honestly, the inflammation was sort of the end result of the bacteria and the cytokines that are released from um, acne lesions, but we now know that inflammation really is almost there at the very beginning. So it's it's a big part of what's happening with acne. Now, there are other things. As I mentioned, bacteria grow, inflammatory mediators are released. They bring in these inflammatory cells. So acne is a very complex disorder. I see it personally, and I see it, this is through the whole life cycle. This is like job security for you, Dr. Patty, because it, <laughs> it, it's like it's never going away. And I realize there's some genetic components to it, but there's also some environmental. So I, I, I need to get on top of this because it's driving me crazy. So first of all, what are the genetics you know, components? Because I know you, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. So, you know, tell well, me it, how it amen. does it run in the family. It absolutely runs in families. And particularly with the teenagers, we'll see parents coming in with, you know, multiple siblings who have more severe acne, particularly. Look, 80% of teenagers get pimples. So, and that's just, it's more of them have it than don't have it. And I actually find that teenagers deal better with their acne than adults do because, you know, when you get to a certain age, you feel like, you know, I shouldn't have pimples anymore. But I will say that the genetic tendency is very strong. Um, and we do know that people who have, especially family histories of that severe nodulocystic acne, that does tend to run in families, unfortunately. That's where it Good. covers the whole face and it's... Yeah, right. where you get the really bad acne. Good news is we still have isotretinoin in the marketplace, which was the original Accutane. Now, now many, many brands of isotretinoin are available, but that's truly a game changer for those patients and it's a fantastic medication yeah, for those yeah, patients. that's fabulous. So what environmental factors, because I, I'm thinking that that's what my issue is here. What environmental factors are, are causing more of the adult acne? First thing that's primarily a driver in adult acne is hormones. And that's not really an environmental factor, but all most adult females will complain that their acne gets really bad right before their menstrual cycle. And then it may abate for a couple of weeks or the first week or two, and then it starts to rev up. So there are very much hormonal um, influences there. And we also have, you know, cosmetic products that uh, adult females are putting on their face, you know, making sure they're not overusing oily moisturizers or heavy foundations that have oils in them that can contribute to clogging pores and contribute to the pathogenesis of acne. And then I have to say, stress is a huge, huge factor in adult patients, male and female. And we see this particularly um, in people in the workplace where they're, you know, in these high stress pressure, pressure cook jobs like the one ones you and I have. 
And they, you know, they, stress is just a huge, huge part of the pathogenesis of acne. Stress releases hormones like cortisol, and cortisol contributes to acne. I could see that, you know, that as an, a young adult, if you're trying to juggle a career with a social life and maybe even have children, hello, stressor, stressor, stressor. If you manage the stress better, does that help? Look, anything that lowers your cortisol levels will help. And I tell patients, adult patients, you know, you need the me time. You need to go to the yoga studio. You need to do it on your yoga mat in your house. You can do everything online now. You need that decompressing time of day to lower your serum cortisol. I mean, when we are stressed all day long, cortisol, 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 and that is an acnegenic hormone. That is a hormone that contributes to acne. That's interesting. So do you find, Dr. Patty, um, depending upon, talking about college students, depending upon uh, where you are in the semester, that acne may be a problem? In other words, around exam time? Absolutely. And there have there are studies in the literature that have shown that kids before exams will absolutely have breakouts. That's so that's, interesting. Yeah, that's, so, been, that's been well documented. Wow. So not only, so again, for your skin health, make sure you have a great stress releaser. What, what about smoking? The smoking, I know smoking ages you because we talked about that in the uh, uh, other episode. And we're going to put the link to the uh, other episode, Beauty From Within that Dr. Patty did with us, but what's the association with stress and acne? Well, smoking itself does not cause acne. Okay. I mean, smoking is so bad for you for a thousand reasons, and it's the worst thing you can do to your skin, but it actually doesn't contribute to acne. What it does do is it causes oxidative stress, and that oxidative stress, the buildup of those free radicals in your skin is damaging to the skin, and there is oxidative stress in acne, but we wouldn't tell a patient necessarily that they would cigarettes would cause acne. Now, another thing we got to mention in the COVID era is what we're now calling maskne. Oh. The masks, we call this acne mechanica. We see it because of these COVID, you know, the masking with COVID. We also see it in, say, uh, boys who are playing sports, like, for example, football. They'll get chin strap acne. They get forehead acne from wearing helmets. So there is a phenomenon called acne mechanica. That's an environmental phenomenon, and we're seeing a lot of it now with the masks. Wait, now what do you do? I mean, you have to... You're we have to treat to... it. We have to treat it just like we treat any other acne. You know, I, I'm telling people, look, do not wear makeup under your mask. I mean, first of all, nobody's looking at your face there, period. And, you know, like in our business, we're masked all day long, so we just don't put makeup on anymore, maybe a little eye makeup. But just try not to do anything occlusive on your skin, no heavy moisturizers and all of that, because, you know, you're sweating and you're, you're it, it's occlusive, these masks. That is so, so interesting. And, you know, uh, in the hot weather, you got that on top of it, too. Well, exactly. Especially, you know, I'm down in the south, so it's extremely warm and humid here. the diet, Dr. Patty. I'm reading about this whole thing about the low glycemic diet. Can you explain what it is and then how it may be related to acne? Absolutely. So this is really something that has come in the last, I'm going to say, five to 10 years in dermatology. When I first started practicing, I won't say how long ago, because I'll give away my age, but a long time ago, well, we didn't even talk all, about First of all, let me diet. just tell you something, uh, listeners. I'm putting a picture up on her, and she looks like she's 20, <laughs> which, which is annoying me to no pieces, but whatever. Get going. 
Um, we didn't talk about foods. I mean, we absolutely dismissed this for many, many years. We now know there is no doubt that, that what goes in your mouth contributes to acne to a big, big degree. There are certain foods that are what we call insulinogenic that raise your serum insulin level. They raise insulin-like growth factors. These are all hormones that contribute to acne. And those foods are sugar, saturated fats, and dairy products. These are all insulinogenic foods. So, you know, you, you may have heard of the of the pathway that's called mTOR, the mammalian target of rapamycin pathway. It's irrelevant what the name is. I like to call it mTOR, T-O-R, just because it's easy. But any foods that turn the switch on and open up that mTOR pathway make you get acne. And there's a lot of other diseases mTOR causes too, like diabetes and neurodegenerative diseases and cardiovascular diseases. Our Western diet is the problem. Wake up, people. We've got to stop eating processed foods, high saturated fats, all this sugar, sugary drinks are the devil. And we see kids especially, and young adults, by the way, drinking these energy drinks with sugar in them. We cannot become a healthier society. We cannot become um, a, a less acne prone society. And we cannot become healthier if we don't understand that the Western diet is not a healthy diet. Right. You know, uh, we're going to do a whole episode on this ultra processed foods and the health behind that. But, you know, all foods are processed, but I think what you're meaning is that ultra processed foods, like the chips yes. and, and, you know, it, the sugary all of beverages. The junk food. Right. The, yes, all of the junk foods, the chips, anything, you know, chips and all that just breaks down into sugar in your bloodstream. So, and, you know, the white bread and the, just everything that it contributes to raising your blood sugar. And that's why we tell people do a low glycemic index diet. We're not telling you not to eat a carbohydrate, but eat a whole grain carbohydrate. That doesn't release as much sugar into your bloodstream, doesn't trigger that surge of insulin and all these hormones that contribute to acne. Right. So a, a high glycemic index would be something that has simple sugars like candy and the soda that Dr. Correct. Patty said. Yes. And then a low glycemic index uh, would be something that has carbohydrates, but they're, they're not ultra processed. Beans. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, like 100%. you said. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so one hundred percent. Right. So, so get out of the bakery and go to the produce aisle. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, stay stay out of the middle of the grocery store. You just got to run the rim. Stick stick right to the sides. What you said about saturated fat, that kind of took me for a loop. Because saturated fat, we all know that saturated fat is um, a heart unhealthy. And things that are going to have, you know, a lot of saturated fat, like that, that fattiness on the steak or, the, or the, the skin on the chicken. But how is saturated fat and the insulin? That, again, this is um, mind-boggling to me. Well, trans fats um, have palmitate in them and things that turn on this mTOR pathway. Mm. So our 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 trans fats are are bad. That's all the stuff that's in the fast foods. So what we need to do is to switch those out for the good fats, you know, eat the omega-3s, you know, eat the good fats, don't eat the bad fats. Again, we can't vilify all fats. You know that. I know that. It's just like we can't vilify all carbohydrates. But we need to turn, I tell tell patients, there's two ways to turn off the mTOR pathway. One is dietary restriction, reducing your caloric intake, avoiding all these foods that trigger that pathway. But the other way to do it is to increase the foods that 
inhibit the pathway. And those are primarily your plant-based compounds, resveratrol, curcumin, um, green tea extract, all of those good polyphenols that are healthy, that we see in our fruits and our vegetables. We need to eat more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff. So, you know, we're hearing so much about how fruits and vegetables are so good for your skin and so good for your complexion and your body overall. And I want to tell you, there's a wonderful resource on the web. It's the Produce for Better Health Foundation have this website that is fascinating and you can find it at fruitsandvegetables.org. And let me tell you, it will give you tips and recipes and ideas of how to get more fruits and vegetables into your diet easily. And that'll be good not only for your body inside, but now we know from talking to the good doctor here for your skin and outside. So fruitsandvegetables.org. And oftentimes you'll see the hashtag have a plant. So look to them for some ideas. So what you're saying is not only decrease the stuff that may trigger the insulin to go off, the the low glycemic foods, but uh, beef up the ones that have all these fabulous antioxidants, the fruits and the vegetables to to also help with your skin. Absolutely. You know, eat more of the good stuff and eat less of the bad stuff. And that's, there was a very large study that just came out this month in the we call it JAMA Derm, JAMA Journal for Dermatology. Mm-hmm. They looked at 24,000 people and they did a little, have you ever had pimples? Do you still have acne? Did you have bad acne? A little survey, online survey. And then they looked at what they ate. The three things they found were the sugary beverages, milk, and fatty foods, you know, processed foods with trans fats. Wow. Those were the three things that over and over again in 24,000 patients that kept coming up as a recurring theme for those patients that suffered most with acne. So if your diet was very high in fat, and of course it's, it's the hard unhealthy saturated fat and all these trans fats, not good for your skin. Correct. For the same reason that sugar is bad for your skin and for the same reason that too much dairy is bad for your skin. Can you can we talk about the dairy? All right. So I'm confused about this because I I had read that whole milk is okay, uh, doesn't seem to be acne uh, prone, but skim milk maybe, or but I'm confused. Well, the reason is the studies have shown the skim milk is probably more problematic. And these studies were done in teenage boys. Mm-hmm. But there's a higher protein content there, and you don't have the fat to sort of retard the absorption of the protein. It's the proteins in the milk that are triggering the mTOR pathway. So it's... um. It's the casein the, in the whey? Or? Well, the whey, yeah, the casein, the whey. Whey protein is very insulinogenic. Well, that's interesting, Dr. Patty, because you have a lot of teenagers taking whey protein powders. Oh, yeah, we see When that. they're working the out. Bodybuilders, so you- yeah, the kids who are either bodybuilding or beefing themselves up for football or major sports. Absolutely, we tell them, get off the whey protein. It's a huge trigger. Interesting. Absolutely interesting. You know, because I, I like milk. I like milk. We, uh, you know, especially in, in young adults, they need the calcium and the vitamin D, which is hard to get. Um, and it's a good recovery drink, too, you know, um, to have. Oh, after. yeah, it is a great recovery drink. Right. So, but so, uh, so do you think like having like two or three cups of milk is a, is a problem or is it more that you're having like too much of it or you're having these whey protein powders? 
You know, we have to be very careful with growing kids because they need their vitamin D and they need the calcium and they need a lot of good things that are in milk. So I don't tell the parents to take their kids off of dairy completely. But, you know, you do have a lot of teenage boys who drink a gallon of milk a day. I mean, they're not drinking. They drink a lot of milk. And so I always just kind of tell the parents, you know, I, I, we have to trade a little bit of the bad with the good here because there is a lot of good stuff in milk. That's interesting. Okay, so three cups a day, not a problem. Three gallons, no way. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. So, you know, tell me about chocolate. You, I, this, I don't know if this is a myth. I mean, does chocolate cause acne? <laughs> is this a mess? This is the biggest mess in dermatology. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every mother who says, he's eating all this chocolate. I don't know. I shouldn't eat the chocolate. <laughs> it's hilarious. They love this. Listen. <laughs> I'm, I would have told you something different a couple of years ago, but here's what we know today. First of all, a lot of kids, when they're eating chocolate, what are they eating it? They're eating it with sugar. I mean, okay. they're not just getting a, you know, 70% cocoa bar. They're mm-hmm. eating a Snickers or, right. uh, you know, so they're, they're, they're loading with sugar. Mm-hmm. So to try to tease that out, is chocolate really a problem? Uh, a dermatologist who's an acquaintance and friend of mine, Brian Berman, published a study, I guess it was maybe two years ago, where he had subjects take 100% cocoa in a capsule. 100% chocolate, no sugar, no dairy, just the chocolate. And he did a, a, a control. So there are half the people took gelatin. So it's nice to have a control group. And the chocolate group got acne and the other group didn't. Now, these were people who were acne prone. So it caused a, a little flare up of the acne. But there is something going on in chocolate that is triggering acne and acne prone patients. And Brian Berman's study really kind of changed, I think, everybody's minds on this because once we knew the sugar acne connection, we sort of started throwing that, you know, sugar that was probably the sugar in the candy. Mm-hmm. But his study certainly suggests there is something in chocolate. We know there's cocoa butter in chocolate that has oleic acid in it. And that is a fat, you know, that we actually use oleic acid used to be used to, uh, to create comedogenesis, to create now um, acne lesions mm. in animals years and years ago when they studied in animals, nobody does anymore. But there's something going on here. I have to say, we don't totally have the dots connected, but this was an interesting study and it got a lot of attention in the press. So I tell patients, if you think chocolate flares you, well, then please get off of chocolate and and get off of the all the other bad things that we've already discussed. But chocolate is definitely a trigger for some people. That's interesting. That's interesting. And, you know, the good news is you can have cocoa. Yes, you can. Okay, there we go. So cocoa doesn't have the fat, just has a wonderful, wonderful flavor. It has the good flavor. This is like so exciting to understand that, you know, what you're eating, as you started to say, is what you put in your body may show up on your face and uh, that you can really have control. And, And this, you know, idea of having more whole grains and fruits and vegetables rather than the ultra processed foods is good for your, it's good for your face. It's good for your heart. So it's good inside and out. Uh, for it's your good skin. for everything. It's good for you know everything. what I tell. I, t- I like. I tell a lot, especially you know, teenage girls will obsessively wash their face when they have acne because they just want it to go away so badly. And, and and that doesn't help. You can't wash pimples away. We'd be out of business. But I tell them if you would clean up your diet half as diligently as you're cleaning your face, 
you would be so much better off. You know, don't wash your face a hundred times a day. Pay attention to what you're eating. I know you're a kid. I know you want to go probably drive through the drive through someplace and with your friends and have a hamburger and French fries. But remember when you're doing those things that you are triggering the hormonal cascade that contributes to your acne. And a lot of these girls, especially, um, are really diligent and they become healthier people. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of this COVID crisis right now and we have so many people getting sick and dying because they're unhealthy. The virus itself is horrible, but the people that are really having the worst time with it are those who, unfortunately, due to lifestyle choices, have made themselves overweight and we and have high blood pressure and have diabetes. And we, we as a society, our Western diet is really is a huge problem. Well, Dr. Patty, I have a solution. I, I you know, because I'm always big about um, thinking outside the box. Why don't we just go to Italy and live? <laughs> All righty. Well, Dr. Patty, I thank you enough because this is really so interesting. Um, because for a while you said, you know, acne is genetic and you, you can't do it. And, and, and what you eat doesn't really matter. But I think what we're coming out and finding more and more the role that uh, that it plays in, you know, what you eat which turns up on your face. And as you said, it doesn't stop after the teenage years. That's the annoying part about it. Yeah, and so I think it's very important that if you start a good healthy diet now not only help you in your younger adult age but it's going to carry you forward and I love the idea that you know controlling your stress 100% good for your body in and out can help your skin so we are excited and thank you for this unbelievable information Um, and thank you Dr. Patty for being on Spot On always a pleasure thanks for having me Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salji Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask? a lot of you.